we need to be so careful when we use the word of God. And I do want to start the podcast with something from Romans. It's just one sentence. And it was delivered at a specific time to a specific people. But God is an entity. He is a being. He has a personality. He has methods. So I'd like you to hear this and then compare it to something that an academic says. He's a former World Health Organization scientist. I'd like you to compare it to what another academic says who studies studies mass formation psychoses. I'd like us just to compare these things. This is Romans 1, 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so they would do what ought not be done. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America... Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And our partners, really family at Allen's Artisan Soaps, perfect, perfect sponsor announcement partner announcement for this hour because they could make a bunch more money by automating hiring robots but they won't because alan himself is the chief soap officer he's 11 going on 12 he is deeply impacted by autism and physical health challenges that would floor other people but not alan he continues to produce great made in america soaps three generations of family knowledge behind this. It's allenssoaps.com slash Todd. That's allens, A-L-A-N-S, soaps.com slash Todd. That's from the Holy Bible. This is from an academic. He's an academic who's going to be talking about mass formation psychosis. And this comes in a conversation with Dr. Peter McCullough, or at least McCullough pointed to it. And what he says here, and the reason, by the way, the reason that he is speaking um, in, in, without saying psychosis, I'm guessing, is because people get banned for saying mass formation psychosis. But to, to doubt that this exists is to doubt that the Salem witch trials occurred. That was mass formation psychosis. It is to doubt that the Holocaust occurred which people allowed because of mass formation psychoses, right? The trains rolled by and the people in the churches sang louder. Mass formation psychoses. The mid-90s, I remember living through this because there was a lot of it in Washington state. There was these hysterical, fake manufactured memories of satanic child sacrifice, and Dr. Richard Offshay from Berkeley was on my radio program. He defended a, a cop who one of his daughters said, oh, my dad used to murder infants and, and then bury them in the backyard. And he ritually raped me. And, and she thought all this happened. He was in jail. He, they, they, they pressed him. And, and he, he just thought, well, gosh, my daughter wouldn't lie about this. I must have done this. He convinced himself he did it. Then they did a massive search of his property. And they dug through every bit of dirt on his property. There was not a single body buried there. And she talked about graves or, or burying pits with, with 40 little babies and other people. And then the medical examination from her, she was never assaulted that way. And she eventually admitted it. But man, there were hundreds of cases of this that turned out to be false. So to... to, to contend that mass formation psychosis doesn't happen is, is to issue a, a gargantuan lie. But this is what the party said. You, you don't get to say that. So the reason we mention this is we're talking about everyday, common everyday absurdities, which empower common everyday atrocities is because atrocities are happening right now and they're not called such because of the absurdity, because people's minds have been broken. So why bother talking about it? Well, if you listen to the first hour, and this is one of those instances where it really makes sense to listen to the first hour before you hear this hour. If you listen to the first hour, we went through a series of lies. 
and how we have to have a foundation of truth to fight lies like this and to give our kids immunity. But it goes beyond that because we are in the stage of absurdities and atrocities. It's incumbent upon us who are saved to not just correct the lies, but to save everybody we can. Why? Because the Lord Jesus told us to. That's it's not optional. He didn't say, consider doing this. He told us to do it. And we answered to him. So this is Dr. Matthias Desmond. And he's talking about mass formation psychoses, but he just says mass formation because he's probably smart enough to know. Otherwise, he would get disappeared. Mass formation on individual psychological functioning is that it makes people radically incapable of taking a critical distance from what the group believes in. So once people are in the grip of this process of mass formation, they will typically become blind for the for the absurd characteristics of the group think of what the group believes in the people who are in the grip of mass formation uh, can truly believe uh, the most absurd thing the most absurd things even if it concerns people who are usually highly intelligent and highly educated that's something very characteristic we could even say that historical examples show that the higher the level of education, the more vulnerable people are for mass formation. People who are in the grip of it uh, seem to become radically unaware. It is as if they don't realize anymore that they lose many things while being in the grip of mass formation that used to be extremely important to them. And the leaders of the masses can take everything away of the people who are in the mass formation without the people noticing it. They become radically intolerant for dissonant voices. It is as if they are radically allergic, as if they cannot stand anymore, that people think differently. So again, the quote from the Bible, furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to depraved mind so that they do what ought not be done. And last hour, we went through quote after quote from the Bible where God has, has caused people to be blind, unable to see what's actually going on around them. So it is absolutely incumbent upon us as we listen to these atrocities, absurdities and atrocities, Voltaire. As we listen to these atrocities that we track back how to biblically uh, uh, approach this. And in fact, to try to rebuild because a lot of these people, very sadly, they're gone. They cannot come back. They've been so broken, but we can bring others back. And we are called to do that. And guys, the, the solution is not political. Yes, we must be involved. Absolutely. We're even going to talk about vote integrity is one of the absurdities that, that, they, that, they, that they've successfully put into people's mind that a whole bunch of things about vote integrity is absurd. And it's causing not like deadly absurd, not, not deadly atrocities, but atrocities of, against human rights. So let's start here. It is absurd to think that the lockdowns did anything helpful. Absurd. Ethical Skeptic has now the numbers 86,000 unexpected deaths in the past quarter or so. Three months. Do you have a 200% increase in deaths in millennials? unexpected. He's seeing cancers. He's seeing undiagnosed heart problems. He's seeing strokes. And then there's the deaths from the injections. The lockdowns themselves, even if the injections were never forced upon people, never, ever, ever were, were people needle raped you would end up with these same deaths because people were denied care or they were given mass formation psychosis and became afraid to go to the hospital even if they were having a heart attack. They were afraid to call 911 because of what they brutalized people with in the hospitals. You can't see your family. We're going to shove you on remdesivir. We're going to shove you onto a ventilator, which is going to blow out your lungs and kill you, which it did. All of this. Hospitals were paid to do to people, all of it. 
was immoral blood money. All of it. Now, if you don't believe me, let's listen to David Bell, a so-called public health physician. I don't believe there's such a thing as public health. I believe there's individual health. And individual health done well creates public health. Public health is an excuse for tyranny, as we've seen. And the people who get into public health want tyranny, except for people like this who've broken away. He's also, by the way, a former scientist with the World Health Organization. And he says the lockdowns have been incredibly harmful. We, the, the lockdowns have said they're a new way of doing things. We know that they're very harmful. In 2019, so just before COVID, late 2019, the WHO released its pandemic influenza guidelines, where they said only in extreme conditions do you close, you know, do you have prolonged border closures, workplace closures, etc. They strongly recommend against them because they pointed out that they can do more harm than good. We, we know that you know, the, the numbers are, are pretty shocking for what has been done from these lockdowns. So we know about, it's just about 140 million people or more uh, have been added to uh, people on the edge of starvation. And that's likely to get worse. We've damaged supply lines and malaria has gone up. So malaria last 2020, an extra 60, 70,000 children died of malaria compared to the previous year. And much of this will be because they couldn't get to clinics when they had a fever. TB, HIV, we know will be going up. The vaccine programs for preventable childhood diseases have been severely harmed in a lot of countries. So we expect more children to die from that. Schools have been closed, which has a huge impact on the future in terms of the ability for people to get out of poverty and get their countries out of poverty. That's a former World Health Organization scientist. And yet, so many in the Mockingbird class cling to the lockdowns work. Let's do more of them. The New York Times slipped up and wrote an article yesterday about how masks were utterly ineffective. They're finally admitting that. And eventually they're going to admit all of it eventually. And they'll be able to say, oh, yes, well, we won an award. We won a, a Nobel Prize, a Pulitzer Prize for uncovering that, that that didn't work. And but they're going to wait until the next pandemic is pushed upon us. And that's where we go from absurdity. It is absurd to believe any of this save lives. It's absurd. It's absurd to believe it worked. I contend it is absurd to believe anyone thought it would work because everybody knew that lockdowns don't work. But mass formation psychosis causes people to believe things that simply are not true. So where are we now with the atrocity? Well, there's the deaths, there's the COVID deaths, there's the lockdown deaths, there's the mental health problems that will be permanent from forcing kids to operate without seeing the human face. There is the injection problems, not just deaths, but miscarriages, people unable to, to get pregnant. There's going to be people who develop problems over the next year from the spike proteins being stored in fatty portions of their body. They're going to have cancers. They're going to have heart attacks. They're going to have myocarditis. They're going to have pericarditis. They're going to have strokes. This stuff is all to come. Those are all atrocities, but they want more. If you went to a car mechanic and you said, hey, I think I've got a problem with my fuel injector. And he looked at you and said, you don't have a fuel injector. He said, what are you talking about? This is a brand new truck. See right here where it says fuel injected. There's no fuel injectors. What are you talking about? Like, you don't have a fuel injector. You have a carburetor. No. No, they stopped making carburetors. This is fuel inject. Would you, would you take your truck or your car to that mechanic? The World Health Organization said, you don't have an immune system. What do you mean herd immunity? That's, that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. You don't get herd immunity. That's not a thing. The only way to get immunity is to get shot up. There's no such thing as natural immunity. That's not a thing. It's not a thing. Why am I saying not a thing time and again? Here's why. Because of the coming atrocities. The party wants very much for the World Health Organization to be in charge of America. But only during pandemics. Which they manufacture. They change the rules. 
pandemics used to involve mass death. The corrupt World Health Organization changed the rules. It no longer involves death. The White House, and I'll play this statement tomorrow, the White House now says so-called gun violence is a pandemic. This is what they like to call the COVID advisor to the figurehead, Ashish Jha. Listen to the casual way he's describing giving control of America to the World Health Organization. He pretends it's just about funding. That there are some people in, in this country who sometimes think that we can take a domestic-only approach to a global pandemic. That's not a thing. You can't do that. If we're going to fight a global pandemic, we have to have a global approach. That means we need funding to ensure that we're getting shots in arms around the world. Okay, so that liar is still wanting to inject kids. There's a there's a doctor in Canada who's bragging about shooting kids six months old up with this garbage mRNA. They want it in five to 11 year olds. Here's what else he did there. He's pretending that there's someone somewhere who says that you can fight a global pandemic locally. There's no one saying that. What we've said is we're not going to take orders from the World Health Organization. What we've said is you can't fight. There's nothing you can do to stop a respiratory virus at this time with our technology. Nothing. It spread in New Zealand and they were a prison island. Look at Hawaii. They, 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 they shut the entire island series down and it spread. It's airborne. It goes everywhere. It's in deer. It has animal reserves. It's in deer and dogs. So he is a, a, a liar of enormous level because no one's saying that. But what we're saying is that's a corrupt organization. It's run by a guy with, who's aligned to terrorist groups. The World Health Organization, he's not a doctor and we're told only doctors can make these decisions. So how do we make this biblical? How does the Bible describe leaders? They're honest. They're humble. They do not abuse others. They do not lie and deceive. They do not pick winners and losers. They do not put their fingers on the scales. The ultimate in leadership is to come to serve and not be served as the Lord Jesus did. To be the one washing the feet rather than having the feet washed. But to sit here and deceive on this level, he's not qualified to be a leader. He's shown that right there to our face. See, the Bible is more than the story of Christmas and Easter. It's more than some selected tales or, or, or stories from, from the Old Testament. It is the example of how to live a good life and permanent life. It is the guidebook on what makes a solid leader. It is a guidebook on how to have a country that is seen by God in a way that God feels happy and God feels satisfied and God feels involved. Because again, God is an entity. He doesn't need us. And he describes himself as a jealous God. He, just, he shows himself to be a God who will pursue his people to the ends of the earth to bring them back into the family. He also shows himself to be a God who says, oh, well, gosh, you know, I'm not hearing my name in any of these discussions. I'm certainly not hearing my word. Uh, I think you guys want to handle this all on your own. And I'm a wise God. I'm going to let you handle it all on your own. I'm going to give you over to your desires. You want kings like the World Health Organization? Then have kings. We have to teach the youngest generation. Hey, people want kings all the time. And here's what happens. We have to teach the youngest generation that even great godly leaders like King David We'll, we'll, we'll go astray because we're broken, designed for perfection, but we can no longer be perfect because of the sin problem we introduced to ourselves. This has been stolen from kids. It's been stolen from adults. Gosh, it's been stolen from pastors. Only 50% of pastors have a biblical worldview. How can they then pass it on? Guys, 1.5% of parents have a biblical worldview. 1.5%. How will they teach it to their kids? Why does it matter? Well, I believe in Jesus and God, and therefore I'm saved. Well, no, you're not. And secondly, just believing in that, so do the demons. They believe and they shudder. 
But, 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 no, no, it, no buts. It's a guidebook. It's examples. It's the instruction kit. This is how it's done. And it gives us immunity to getting sucked up into committing atrocities through these series of absurdities. And nothing is more absurd than listening to Bill Gates backpedal. Listening to this man try to pretend that there was any sort of thought given to any of this. So absurd that I've allowed funky music below it. You'll hurt in just a second. So you probably heard me tell Zach Abraham that uh, I believe that that real property is, that's where I'm comfortable, real estate. So my wife and I, uh, I, well, honestly, it's more me than her. Um, There's a place way, way, way up north, like much, much further north than our primary residence, much further. And it has 10 acres and they've got goats and chickens and they're friends of my wife's and they're looking to sell. And right now, the way our cash is positioned and having just started the startup of the podcast, nah, it's no, no, no bank's going to give us a loan, right? And the way my cash is positioned and where I'm at right now, I'm not going to pull out a bunch of cash to purchase a property that size. Well, this is where my friends and partners at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net come into play. If anyone could do this deal, it would be them. Anyone. Why? Because they're a family-owned national mortgage bank. What does that matter? Well, because they do individual loans for individual people. That is, if you have unique income circumstances like I do, the podcast is a startup, but the Lord has been so incredibly good to us. You've been so incredibly good to us that the Lord sees us through. And even with our cost structure, the podcast makes really good money because of you and because of the Lord. Well, but it's new and you need to have a year of established income. Okay. But American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net treats everybody like an individual. Now, most people aren't buying because there's no place to buy for most folks. But guys, this is the time. There is never, ever, ever a time to think more about protecting your finances and stability, right? It's so important. So look, to protect the finances or investment or families, do everything you can to come out ahead. And an easy way to do this, simple, no risk, just get a free, no obligation review of your mortgage from American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net. That's it. They'll look at this. They'll look at your entire financial picture, not just your income. Like I just said, my entire financial picture and yours as well. So from a home loan to equity, everything, they'll look at it. Interest, high interest rate debt, they'll look at it. And if they can help you with a cash out refinance or a, an, an ex, or a traditional refinance, they'll tell you if they can't, they'll tell you, look, you're sitting pretty. But you could be looking at saving up to 1,000 bucks a month. In 10 years, it's 120 grand. In 20, it's $240,000. And all you need to do is get the free mortgage review from American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. Fastest way to get it done, probably call them. 866-887-2275. 866-887-2275 or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182-334, NMLSConsumerAccess.org. So here's Bill Gates complete with the farcical music I found online. With him once again backpedaling on the mRNA injections. But, 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 but. Let's still stick them into kids. And then, you know, as we do come up with vaccines, we want vaccines that are infection blocking and long duration, which today, you know, the vaccines have saved millions of lives, but they don't have a bunch of the way of duration and they're not, they're not good at infection blocking. But they don't have a bunch of the way of duration and they're not, they're not good at infection blocking. They haven't saved any lives. They haven't saved any lives. If they don't stop infection or transmission, they don't save lives. Oh, but it makes the disease less severe. No, it actually doesn't. Not, not with Omicron. It doesn't. It makes it more severe. Four out of five people in the UK hospitals for COVID-related illnesses have been injected. See, we have to teach our kids. Why are you talking about the immune system? The immune system's not in the Bible. Lies are. The power hungry are, the abuse of the least of these are, 
all those are in the Bible, story after story after story about the abuse of bodies. We think we're the first in, first in the history of the world to have people who want to carve kids' bodies up, to change them after their own desires. No. The Gnostics hated the human body. You know who else does? Satan. He hates the human form. He finds it repugnant, disgusting, because he was the most beautiful of all the angels, the fallen angel, the first fallen angel. We're not the first. We're just the most industrialized. The... Um, absurdity that you're born in the wrong body has led to every single day there are medical atrocities performed in this country. Uh, uh, Nothing goes above abortion because it results in a murder. But listen to this statement from some gender jackers. This gender jacker's name, she's a surgeon as I understand her, her name is Marcy Brewers, or pardon me, Bowers, Marcy Bowers. She's talking with a bunch of other Gender jackers, Charlene Wong, she, her, Dane Wicker, Kieran Sander, Deanne Atkiss, uh, Lee Spivey, Rita. And then in the center, a someone who is, in my judgment, one of the most atrocious gender jackers, criminal, criminal woman named Joe Olson Kennedy. As this statement goes on, Marcy Bowers is going to talk about the reality of chopping kids up and putting them on, well, leading to chopping them up. She's really just talking here about the hormone blockers, which we are told are reversible. They don't cause any harm. Gender jackers treat them like an aspirin. She's going to speak to a medical truth here. You're going to hear this. Now, if you're picturing this in the center square, like Hollywood squares for gender jacking um, uh, mutators of children, Joe Olson Kennedy As this goes on, Joe Olson Kennedy covers her face. Because in my judgment, the way I'm reading the body language is she knows that Marcy Bowers is admitting things that ought not be admitted. The second is um, was an observation that I had that every single child who was or adolescent who was truly blocked at Tanner stage two is has never experienced orgasm. I mean, it's it's really about zero. These are the, of course, these are just assigned male at birth, so trans, feminine, and it's because they never in their lives are exposed to testosterone. Uh, That doesn't change. That doesn't change. So blockers prevent the rise of testosterone, and they don't really go on testosterone at or around surgery or into adulthood. And so we don't know. They're going to have this sensation. There's no question about that. Um, But are they going to be able to achieve sexual satisfaction. It's important in relationships. And I know that from my work with female genital mutilation survivors, that that the lack of being able to be intimate with a partner is very important. And so this is what really raised the red flag for me is to say, look, we're going to really, we need to have our eyes open about it. I think it's been beneficial talking about it. Um, I know Joe and many others have, have reported to me, you know, they've They've they have looked they've changed their approach a little bit in their informed consent models and that they're we're talking about masturbation now we're talking about okay that's a an area of the body that's got very dysphoric for you but you know what it's all a penis is is just a large clitoris I mean let's we're all it's all the same material it really is so uh, so you know use it for 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 the pleasurable purposes, partially that it was intended. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But these are these are to be answered questions. So can we avoid puberty and get good adult results? And secondly, how do we it, how, how do we uh, assure someone that they're going to be able to be sexually responsive? Do we remove the blockers during the course of their adolescence? and let a little bit of puberty come back. Do we delay it a little bit? Maybe into Tanner's three or four, maybe before they have their first orgasms, maybe. Did you hear the contradiction in that? I mean, the whole thing's a contradiction. It's all atrocious. But what she said there reveals a coldness and a mass formation psychosis amongst alleged doctors. Shocking. I'll tell you that in a second. 
the process of talking to someone about dropping unwanted fat from their body, man, that's, that's uncomfortable. So I'm going to just speak to you. And this is what I remember when I had 150 more pounds of fat on my body. This is what I remember. I remember it was really hot all the time. It was like 65 degrees. I was hot. Does it describe you? I remember that nothing fit. I was constantly pulling up my pants, constantly tugging at my shirt. I remember that. I remember my knees ached all the time. I remember I used to snore. I used to snore like a madman. My wife used to wake me up every couple hours, even sometimes every hour. You're snoring, please. So much so that she went to sleep in a separate room. I remember that. I couldn't smell anything. We could behind we could be behind a truck that was burning, you know, pouring diesel out the the exhaust pipe. I couldn't smell it. I can remember an embarrassment in buying clothes. Truly, what size do you wear? Sixty uh, five. And none of this is about me being a di- different person at the time, and none of it's about you being a bad person at all. But I remember that feeling. Now it's gone. It's been gone for gosh, almost eight years. The SOTA weight loss plan is the protocol that can do this for you. And the people there are the people who know how to get this done and have the weight loss, the fat loss stick, because they're going to do it at the proper pace, because they're going to provide you the right food for your lifestyle, because they're going to listen to you and what your trigger foods are and what can set you off into an eating fury. They're going to listen to all of that. It's a judgment-free zone. They've got the science locked. Over 6,000 Google reviews, 4.8 stars average. And I know people who've lost 150, 200 pounds. My wife is on her 11th week of dropping fat. It's sodaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A stands for state of the art. Sodaweightloss.com. Sodaweightloss.com. So what she said there, Well, so much of what she said is a contradiction, but she spoke about, she said something about the female form, the female body that is so utterly disturbing to hear a so-called doctor say, and it just rolled off her tongue. Just happy to say it. She says that the, the penis is just a big clitoris. That's all it is. Just the same material. No. We know that to not be true. We know there's a, there's a complexity to these things. If you want to play that game, I can play that game. The tongue is a clitoris. It is. Same material, just nerves. The eye is a penis. The, the, the finger is a penis. It's just the same material. It's a disgusting minimization of God's work because God's plan is precise and real. And then she had the audacity to speak about female sexual mutilation. That's the removal of the clitoris because some men in some societies do not want women to ever experience sexual pleasure. What's this? Well, that's, but no, that's a religious thing. That's a, that's a, that's a religious thing. And, and it, it's, it's believed that that will make the woman stay home and it's more sexually pleasurable for the men. It's a religious thing. What's this? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a girl trapped in a boy's body. No, it's not. That's a girl. Full stop. God made man and woman. Full stop. And just as there are some people born without a limb, just as there are some people who are born blind, just as some there, there are some people who are born uh, with, with, with this disability or that disability, there are people who are born with both sex organs, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something like depression. You don't, well, you used to do the ice pick lobotomy for depression. When you can sum this all up with a meme, then it is atrocious and it is an atrocity based upon an absurdity. This is from she-rex on Twitter, at Rex Draws. Imagine messing with your little boy's brain chemistry, his bone strength, his growth, his sexual function, all in the hope that one day when he grows up, he'll be passable enough that a heterosexual man will want to have painful one-sided sex with him. Imagine that. 
That's what these so-called doctors are doing. And the absurdities, that, 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 that it's, it's not just these medical atrocities that's, that's being led to this. Children in government schools are being punished. They're being kicked out of schools. They're being suspended because they refuse to pretend that a boy is a girl. You are now committing the human rights atrocity of punishing people for telling the objective, observable, repeatable, falsifiable, factual, medical truth that there are boys and girls. This is what happens when a society departs God. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they would do what ought not be done. And aren't we witnessing that right now in front of us? From the Gnostics to the Baalians, this has happened time and again. And if we are cogent, Enough. If we if we if we get enough grip on the Bible and what happened in our families, in our small groups, in our discipleship groups around the country, where people might say to you around the trans ideology, oh, you know what, you, you just don't get modern society. You know what, you're just stuck in the old days. You you just don't understand that that people in this time they want to modify their bodies, and you can say to them, you know what, you're wrong. None of this is new. The Gnostics did the same thing. They were tattooing themselves before you ever thought about it. They were piercing themselves before you ever thought about it. If they had the technology to pretend to be a, a woman when they're not, they would do this. They would be chopping themselves up and using hormone blockers if they, if they, if they had the, 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 the technology available at the time. Right, So you have that ability to, to, to stand well upon the foundation of biblical truth as you push back against these societal evils. The absurdities continue, and it's not all medical. I mean, I guess these first two were medical. It was happenstantial. This is the figurehead, and he's race baiting. Surprise, surprise, surprise. And the figurehead is pretending that it is very, very common for black people to be sleeping in their bed and have a cop walk in and murder them, or to be jogging and have a cop murder them. This is a, an absurd claim, and it has led to multiple atrocities, not the least of which are the murders of cops. Some of the worst of which are black kids who are terrified of cops. Young kids, young white kids in affluent communist Seattle, which is really, it's not even communism. It's, it's just completely absorbed by Baal. Just Seattle. You have young white kids in Seattle who are being told to hate cops and to call them pigs and to flip them off and to tell them, I hope you die. These atrocities are human rights atrocities. They are pending murder atrocities come from absurdities like a senile old man saying this. As we've seen all too often, public trust is frayed and broken. And that undermines public safety. The families here today and across the country who've had to ask why this nation, why so many black Americans wake up knowing they could lose their life in the course of just living their life today. Simply jogging, shopping, sleeping at home. He's clearly going through cases where it involved a cop. And this has allowed cover for the murders that happen every weekend in the cities. And I should probably never mention that again because you're going, Herman, we know that. We know that. Biblically speaking, we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. If we were about the business of loving our neighbors as ourselves, we wouldn't have this. We're about the business of when someone is ill or violent we're about the business of protecting the least of these in as compassionate a way possible and preventing murders. We're about that business, particularly when it comes to young people. We're about the business of saying, no, you don't get to scapegoat racially. And where this is added up into absurdities are in black neighborhoods, pardon me, atrocities. We've mentioned the gang violence in the completely fallen land of Seattle, utterly fallen, utterly, utterly owned by the enemy. Here's an example. 
This is just the, the stories like this abound in Portland and Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles and, and Austin and Chicago and San Francisco. I said that already. Detroit. Police say a homeless repeat offender stole a dad's car with his child inside. Isn't that horrifying? Think about that. You're up front of your house in West Seattle and you've made the, the unbelievably naive decision to leave your little kid, your little baby in the car while it's running. This guy runs up and he drives away with your kid. Just imagine that. Just for a second, just imagine witnessing that. What's in your heart. All right. So this next line, the man's been convicted of 12 felonies. So now you know that a guy, the guy driving away with your kid in the car has been convicted of 12 felonies. Now where's your heart? He was put on house arrest after prosecutors objected to, um, objected, but cut off his ankle monitor days before the carjacking. He was put on house arrest. A guy with 12 felonies. Hey, go home. We trust you. How do you account for this biblically? We can go back to the Old Testament. There's some times where the Old Testament says you will surely die. I hate the death penalty. I hate giving the government that power. I hate it. I don't trust the government. Oh, but we are the government, right? Where this manifests so often is in black neighborhoods. Where people go home. Guys like this go home. He happens to be black. And you see it in the black neighborhoods. Or you get this. You get the atrocity of pretending time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, the, the absurdity that black people, that the black vote is suppressed. They're, they're, this is what they were talking about, vote suppression. This is from news, uh, yeah, um, Newsbusters. It's a little montage of, of all the panic about vote suppression. Rolling back voter rights, the Republican push in more than 40 states to limit voting access. These are the kind of people who will pass a law to keep Jesus from beginning a cup of water while he's dying on the cross. Should we make it harder to vote based on lies or should we make it easier to vote so that more people can participate. This big lie from last fall, promoted by pro-Trump propaganda networks, is now the cover, is now the excuse for these attempts at voter suppression. We're watching the big lie turn into voter suppression before our very eyes. How do you at the DNC plan to contend with the voter suppression efforts that we're now seeing across the country? States across the country race to enact laws to suppress voting. Is this all voter suppression in action? Extraordinary surge of voter suppression laws. There's a huge wave of new voter suppression efforts. Republican voter suppression efforts. Massive voter suppression. Sweeping new voter suppression law in Georgia. Georgia's Jim Crow voter suppression law. The, the broadest attempt to make it more difficult for Americans to vote since the Jim Crow era before the Voting Rights Act. What is obviously a racist policy of trying to suppress the votes of non-white Voters. HR1 would stop these kind of things by putting in place pro-voter policies. The For the People Voting Rights Bill, which would preempt much of the new Jim Crow style voter suppression in Georgia. If Democrats are going to prevent this from happening or reverse what's already been done, they really only have one option, and that is to end the filibuster to pass a nationwide floor of voting rights like what's contained in HR1. There were no black polling stations. There were no colored only voting areas. There were no separate rules for colored people, as they would have said in the Jim Crow era. None of that happened. The turnout in Georgia was record high. More votes than they'd seen. The black turnout will turn out to be record high. That's part of the game, of course. It's part of the lie. How does this turn into an atrocity? Because pretending that rules are cruel leads to lawlessness. Lawlessness leads to brutality. Always. Always. If the law is not kept, you turn out with the people who are willing to do the most violence being in charge. That's how the brutality comes. Or to use legalized violence. Or lawfare or threats, 
intimidation. That's how it rolls. It always does. And the Bible warns time and again about lawlessness and in specific, the man of lawlessness. No one knows the time of the day when we get to the end times. We know that every day we get closer, but no one knows the time and the day of the coming of the Lord. No one. But we know about the descriptions because the Bible is a guide for life. It is a guide for us to teach our kids. It can reach levels, (laughs) this absurdity. Sometimes it's hilarious. That stuff we just played, that montage was time and again all over the media. It's all vote suppression. This just broke as I'm recording this uh, this podcast, just broke. 19,000 late invalid ballots were counted in Arizona's 2020 election um, from the 2020 election report. Results may have been different, the election integrity group says. Every time. You insist that rules are cruelty. You end up with lawlessness. Every time that happens, bad actors will use the lawlessness. It is atrocious to steal the votes of legitimate voters. And it leads to the destruction of a country that once upon a time understood itself to be governable only by a moral and religious people. We all understood that. All of us. This is how absurd it sometimes gets. Something happened at Facebook. The, the, the head of was it's one of their one of their fact checkers. I'll tell you about this in a second. And then this morning I was reminded of a great personal note I've not shared with you in a long time. Uh, it's, it's fun to be around people this getting discipled. If you're not getting discipled, I recommend it. It's fun. It is fun actually. I don't like, uh, it's difficult for me to ask for things. It is because you guys have been, you've done so much for us and I will, so I'll present it this way there. When we stopped filling in for the great Rush Limbaugh, God rest Rush, Rush had on a total about 30 million listeners. And I got to speak with them two weeks a month for almost, almost six months. And most of them don't know I have the podcast. So if you know friends who miss the Maha, I am not he. No one will ever be as good as he was. He's the best talk show host who ever lived and ever will live. And there are friends of yours who will recognize my name. And they almost invariably say, oh my gosh, he has a podcast? I didn't know. Will you share the show with them? Just hit share on the app in which you're listening now and say, hey, by the way, you remember that guy from Seattle used to fill in for Rush? He has a podcast. You should listen to it. And just one other thing. Most people our age, I'm in my mid-50s, many people in their mid-50s, they actually don't know how to listen to podcasts. They think it's hard. And it's it's a habitual. It's hard to break the habit of live radio. I still listen to live radio. But when it's really important to me, talk content, I listen to podcasts. Can you share with them how easy it really is once you get the hang of it? Right? How cool it is you pop into the car and if you, you, you know walked into the store and the podcast paused itself, it picks right back up where it began. It's in that way better than live radio. You never miss anything. That's the biggest thing that this podcast needs to thrive and be here for the next decade is growth. We really appreciate your help in that. <laughs> the, the head of Facebook's fake science fact check group, Science Feedback, is hiding in Paris terrified of appearing in court. (laughs) Uh, This is from Cheryl Atkinson, who obviously continues to do great work. So this guy is wanted for, well, being a a, a con artist, basically. Emmanuel Vincent is a hunted man. On June 24th, an officer of the French Ministry of the Interior acting under the terms of the Hague Convention summoned him to a police station and served him papers to appear in court for posting false and misleading statements in his role as president of Science Feedback, a Facebook fact-checking service. On top of this, the beleaguered nonprofit has weathered multiple critiques for posting politicized biased opinions that call themselves fact checks, including a Wall Street Journal editorial that called out science feedback for attacking John Hopkins physician, researcher Marty Marque after he wrote an essay predicting the arrival of COVID-19 herd immunity. 
So this guy has been going from address to address, hiding, and continues to say he's not going to go to court. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a big fan of France, uh, of France, A, and B, of the French speech suppression, C or B, but I am an even smaller fan, even less like, do I, do I like these fake fact checkers? And this guy's a fake fact checker. So he's going to face up to this. Eventually, they're going to come and get him, but he's hiding. On a personal note today, man, I miss my Bob Seger music. You're playing Main, Main Street, and I'm down on Main Street. When I was about 16, um, I got to participate in caring for my little brother, half-brother, Charles. And, and he was a very energetic kid. Always wanted to be up to something, as many kids are. And he always had ideas of things he wanted to do that, that I didn't want to do. Sometimes there were things that ought not be done. Sometimes there were things that big brother didn't want to do or allow little brother to do. So instead of arguing with him or saying, because I said so, I said this to him. Hey, Charlie, uh, look, honestly, I'd like to let you do that, but I can't because it's in the rule book. What rule book? Well, it's, it's a rule book for big brothers when they take care of kids. Wow. Okay. Work like a charm. Hey, Todd, can I, no, it's in the rule book. Oh, what they should, he came to me with a brilliant, brilliant statement. He goes, Hey, Todd, I want to see the rule book. Will you show me the rule book? I'm sitting there thinking, I go, listen, honestly, if it was up to me, I'd show you the rule book. But the first rule is the kid doesn't get to see the book. So I can't, you know, show you the book. He figured it out eventually. There's there's no rule book. There's no rule book. He and I still joke about the rule book. It worked. There is a rule book. Your kids say, but dad, how come I can't have my boyfriend sleep over? Because I answer to the Lord. Because I answer to God. Well, why can't we have that movie in the house? So what if there's a bunch of nudity and sex in it? Because I am responsible for keeping this household in line with Father God's expectations, and that is my job. And I answer to him. He runs my heart. He's Lord of my life. I can't. It could seem like a dodge, like I was doing with the rule book. Except it's true. On that day of Pentecost, when the Apostle Peter gave his first sermon, 3,000 people chose to be baptized right there and right then. And why is that so amazing? Because the same people who murdered the Lord Jesus' body were there watching. Why didn't they stop? Because they answered to the Lord. But the Romans were watching, but they answered to the Lord. When there's enough absurdities, it gets hard to see the atrocities. They happen every day. The fact is, they're going to come with a bigger atrocity. The biggest atrocity is to separate people permanently from God. It's our job to make sure we do everything we can to not let that happen. This is the Todd Herman Show. We so appreciate you listening, your support of our partners, communication, your prayers for the show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And let's all remember for to whom, to whom we all report.